G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. 18 weeks of AFL fantasy action in the book and just 5 to go. Uh, this season could not end quick enough for me, but for a lot of people, this is the last important week before the fantasy finals begin. There's plenty of dudes out there, and ladies of course, gunning for a uh, noteworthy finish in the rankings as well. A couple of people in the Sports by Fry league, which is good to see. JLo and I... Talked about them on the Monday sit-down that we recorded yesterday, so make sure you give that a listen. But there is a clear difference now between the really, really good teams and the teams that still have decent players but uh, are just getting pushed further and further back in the rank, much like my very own fantasy side. So without further ado, here is the Round 18 Fantasy wrap Starting with my Motley crew, the large fries and coke. It's not very often that you top 22.50 in back-to-back weeks and you move backwards in rank in back-to-back weeks. It's exactly what happened again. 22.64 was my total for round 18. There were some big scores in my outfit. I did have Jakey Lloyd and Brody Smith's 130 plus in my defense to kick things off, which was nice. Did have Lockie Whitfield on debut, give me a 109. Traded him in for Fifey, which was nice to see, but to get Fifey, I uh, to get rid of Fifey, sorry, I ended up doing a bit of rookie shuffling and traded out my only playing emergency in my backline. Rolled the dice and it didn't pay off because Bungahan being a laid out really hurt me. Shannonhan, I should say, but his absence was definitely noteworthy. Rory Laird struggled, and James Sicily. Honestly, I think it's almost time to give him the flick. So I'll discuss him a little bit later. But defense. There was definitely uh, some glaring weaknesses in that line. Similar could be said with the midfield, but it came in the form of two rookies. I switched Sydney Stack into my midfield and brought Will Snelling in for his debut. So that's that's where my fantasy team is right now. But there were some big names uh, that came to the party in my mids as well. McRae and Taranto were fantastic. Taranto is probably the only shining light in my team uh, for this season. Everything else has gone pear-shaped, but... All around him, Timmy Taranto has continued to deliver. Trelaw was great again. It was good to see Gaffey and Mitch Duncan get to hundreds. Would have liked a little bit more from Shuey, and he's someone who's definitely a flexible out if I want to get real fancy to close out the season. But West Coast does have a nice run, so I'll keep him around for a while. I do have Brett Bewley on my bench in the mids as well, so at least I've got an emergency playing there. Don't have any in my ruck department, unless Darcy Fort finds a way to uh, start playing, but I don't think that's going to happen. It doesn't matter if I've got the two big dogs in the rucks, though, in Brody Grundy and Max Gorn, not Riley O'Brien. Gorn's starting to look a little bit human, but hopefully uh, Braden Proust can get dropped after his performance against West Coast, and we'll see Gorn go back to his big 120s, 130s, but he's still going to be a far cry off from what Brody Grundy is doing. 181, he had a career high on the weekend, changed my mind on making him my skipper at the last minute, and that, again, probably hurt me uh, from pushing up the ranks, but there's a couple of things that didn't really go my way, so I'm not going to be here crying over spilt milk. My forward line actually didn't really fire this week. It's the first time in a while that there were a number of failures across the park. When I say failures, I think everyone got over 75, but yeah, Timmy Kelly's 81 didn't really help. His form's a bit lackluster at the moment, so hopefully uh, he can bounce back soon. Boken Danger nearly clawed to 100. Jack Billings has been one of the better holds for my team of the season. And then Warple, he's fine. He'll be my F6 for the rest of the year. I could already see it happening. But Jared Cameron and Nick Hind on my bench for sub-25s really hurt. 
my cash generation stock. So that's how my team's sitting. I would have loved to tweak a few different things to potentially maximize points on the field, but that's all right. If I had a change captain, I could have pushed over 2,300, and I'm in an okay spot heading into round 19. Cloudy with a chance of carnage. So these players are ones who are in doubt for round 19, perhaps even longer due to injury or suspension issues. First thing, there's no MRP things to really report on. The only one is to do with Harris Andrews from memory, but it's not fantasy relevant. So Nat Fife was a big out last week and someone that was a popular talking point come trade time. I ended up flicking him out and he said the plan is for him to play in round 19 after spending a few days in hospital with that elbow infection. So... People that held him will be watching very intently to see how his uh, status is throughout the week. Similar can be said with Shannon Hearn. He was a laid out against the D's after a bit of a calf strain. So Adam Simpson has said that the plan is for Hearn to return this week. But we saw Francis Watson play pretty well in his spot on debut. So I could quite easily see West Coast uh, throwing smoke and mirrors there and giving Watson another week and Hearn another week off. So again, watch that space. Jack Viney in that same Eagles-Ds game, he got concussed and missed basically two-thirds of the game. I think it was a little bit closer to half, but he should be right to go this weekend. Ollie Wines might not get back up. A fractured thumb saw him miss last week, and he's no certainty to return. Jarman Impey might hurt a few draft coaches, but he has done the dreaded ACL injury, and he's out for the rest of the season. Callum Sinclair, his year... Is done and dusted as well after he opted to undergo some surgery. And Dyson Heppel came back to play for the Bombers in a pretty crucial win on Friday night against the Crows. But he could go straight back out again with a nagging foot injury. There were a couple of other little injury issues to talk about. Grant Birchall missed the week. There's probably not too many people that traded him in. Zach Clark, for those people that have him on their bench... He missed uh, the game against the Crows with illness, but could be back this week. So they're the major talking points. Oh, and Rory Lobb is the other one who I think suffered a dislocated shoulder against uh, Sydney on the weekend, and he was probably one of Frio's best. So watch his status into the lead-up to team selection. Time for Fry's favourite five. Can't really go any other direction to start this week. The plus five goes to the Colossus known as Brody Grundy. There's no real words to describe how he just monstered GWS. Got inducted as an AFL fantasy pig by the traders last night. So congrats to Big Brody Grundy. Uh, if you think your season's going bad, I tweeted this out not too long ago. But remember, there's still about 30%, if not more, of the competition that doesn't have Grundy in their side. So... Always look at uh, your fantasy team with a glass half full approach. Plus four went to the second high scorer of the round in Tim Taranto. Again, like I said, starting the year with him was probably one of the only things that I got right. And while Josh Kelly and Lockie Whitfield have been more popular mainstream names from the Giants uh, with regards to fantasy this year, Taranto might actually be the best fantasy player out of all three of them. It's, I do love all three, but fueled by 14 tackles, Timmy T posted 145 on the weekend, he's becoming a fantasy star before our eyes. So definite trade target if you don't have him. And if you do have him, keep enjoying these big numbers. Another bloke that isn't probably a trade target, but he really should be thanks to his huge numbers. And that is Riley O'Brien. He copped the plus three after 134 on Friday night. There are some other popular rookies like Xavier Dersma, Sydney Stack and Sam Walsh that... I think on the uh, Dream Team Talk side, I'm going to do a bit of a rookie awards thing close to the end of the season, probably the last week or two. But Riley O'Brien is making a serious case for the best fantasy rookie of 2019. He's 
134 against Essendon was just one of these big scores that he's posted. He actually has the fifth highest five-round average in the last uh, five weeks. So it's unbelievable to see what Rolly O'Brien's doing at the moment. And uh, good luck to Sam Jacobs trying to get another game this year. His teammate Brody Smith gets the plus two after his 133. Some people are calling the Brody Smith owners lucky after they try to trade him out and then kept getting thrown curveballs and injury issues and weren't able to do so. And as a result, myself included, uh, benefited from a huge round 18 score. He wasn't playing his usual halfback wing role against the Bombers. He pushed a little bit more into like a high half forward, kicked a couple of snags, which was good to see. But I think regardless of what position he's holding down, you can probably hold him for at least a few more weeks. And finally, plus one goes out to Tukey Miller. Always been a big Tuke Miller fan. It's been a bit of a tough season for him in the Gold Coast Suns. He's missed a handful of games with a couple of injury issues and had some poor outings, but he's basically fallen off the face of the fantasy earth. However, he did have his second straight 140-plus against Carlton. 27 touches, 9 marks, 11 tackles. Pretty complete game. You probably couldn't take a flyer on him in your classic side, but keep an eye on him. It's always good to see uh, Tuki Miller up and about. Patrick Cripps kicks off Fry's frustrating five this week. Only managed 55 points on the weekend. Gave away five free kicks as well. Something I'm calling it now, something has to be wrong with Paddy Cripps. I know that he's been smashed by opponents and he's getting a lot of attention from taggers and that kind of issue, but I think that wouldn't surprise me if, uh, before the season was done and dusted, if he got put on ice. He has only had one triple-figure score since round eight. I think he, weirdly, does deserve another life against Adelaide, who traditionally do give up big numbers to fantasy midfielders, but this literally might be his last chance. If you've got nothing else to do and you might want to look at flicking him out to get a big, big name, then you might have to consider it, because Patrick Cripps doesn't look like the same player that he was in the first two months of the season. Another bloke who could be on uh, the trade-out list for a lot of people with completed teams is James Sicily. His huge game that he had against Collingwood looks impressive on paper, but that's the only time he scored over 65 in the last five weeks. Another 61 from Sicily on the weekend. Doesn't really give a lot of coaches uh, hope into holding him. Grant Bircher was out on the weekend as well, so if he comes back, that could see Sicily's output drop. He's been playing a little bit more like a key defender, funnily enough, for Hawthorne, and they're winning at the moment doing that. So I think, personally, it's almost time to flick Sick Dog out, and his fantasy stock is definitely plummeting, and those people who want to be aggressive and trade him out will probably follow suit this week. Negative three, this one, he wasn't the third worst scorer of the round, but Rory Laird consistently has been scoring around the 90s, and in the past, his big ceiling has been able to see his average boost, and we've been able to benefit greatly from some monstrous numbers, but he's dropped too many 70s and 80s for my liking this year, and in fact, hasn't scored any scores over 120. He's had a couple in the 110 mark, but it's not really the stuff we expect usually from Rory Laird. Obviously, Having Brad and Matt Crouch healthy in the midfield and Sloan and all the other prestigious ball winners in that Crows outfit does make it a bit tough, especially if Brody Smith's going to go and drop 130 plus. But this isn't what we usually expect from Roy Laird. He's been disappointing by his standards this week. So hopefully the Neg 3 puts a rocket up in him and he can uh, benefit it from a big score in round 19. Marcus Bontembele cops the negative 2 this week. Only managed 65 points, but premium players have these types of duds from time to time. I remember a couple of weeks ago, Mitchie Duncan had a 75, I think, funnily enough, when they lost to the Bulldogs. So 
Don't go trading Bont out or anything crazy like that. Jack McRae and Dunkley both scored or well, over 120, so they feasted against St Kilda. So it's not too surprising to see Bont's low score, but it was his lowest score of the year, and hopefully he can fire against Frio and reward his owners. Lastly, the negative one goes out to Angus Brayshaw. He did manage a season-high nine tackles against West Coast, playing a little bit of a run-with role against some of the Eagles' better players, but despite being closer to the footy, he still only had 15 touches. Gave away four free kicks as well, which was frustrating, and he hampered his score with those lackluster numbers. So any hope I think we had of Brayshaw returning to the fantasy-relevant player he is is all but gone. I flicked him out a few weeks ago. A lot of people would have done the same thing last week after his 40, and 70 does look better on paper, but you can't take that from him clogging up a valuable midfield spot. He's got to go. Trade tactics time. Now, you can always rely on Josh Dunkley or Lockie Whitfield being good trade targets. I know that they cost you an arm and a leg, but let's be honest, with five weeks to go in the season, you may as well try and get them into your team if you don't have them. I don't think it's wise to be chopping out a really good premium if that's the case. I don't think... You want to be trading someone, uh, maybe even like Jack Zebel, but I'm going to talk about him in a moment. But yeah, I can't think of the perfect example, but those two dudes I think are worth paying up for. Josh Kelly's in a similar boat, but I would give him at least a week once he returns from injury. He does have a very high break even. There is plenty of value to be had out there right now, though. I do like the looks of Taylor Adams. He's probably my favorite trade target this week at 621k. In your midfield, if you're still rocking like myself, maybe with a rookie like Sydney Stack or an underperformer like Brayshaw, going up to Taylor Adams doesn't burn a hole in all your savings, hopefully, and uh, could be a good target. I also like the looks of Shawnee Higgins, who had 116 in his first game back. Could chew the midfield minutes up from Zebel, who got a lot of his touches in defense, ironically, not forward this week, but he goes slotted straight back into his role for North. He's a great leader, great ball winner. He's a pretty complete player, let's be honest. I love Shawnee Higgins, been a, always been a big fan. So he's a great target, under 600K if you're desperate for some production. Another bloke, under 550 grand actually, and someone that I've been uh, talking about for a few weeks in draft might honestly have to come into our classic calculations is Hunter Clark. He's only a defender, so you probably have to get a little bit fancy if you want to trade him into that line, but it could be worth a dice roll to end the season, and his form does justify selection if you want to go that route. Another bloke is Toby Green, who is exactly the same price as Taylor Adams at that 620 mark. Scored very similarly to Adams on the weekend, and Josh Kelly's return might hurt Green a little bit, but Cornelio being out for the rest of the year does make me think that Green will see higher midfield minutes, and he could be a high scorer to close out the season if he keeps it up. We're a little bit spoilt for choice uh, with the rookie trade-in targets. We almost had a debutant in every line this week. Will Snelling was uh, probably the most popularly talked about rook. He Managed a 58, didn't light the world on fire, but he kind of progressed as the game went on, did play better as uh, he adjusted to playing against the Crows in a pretty decent game as well. So with Heppel's injury up in the air, Snelling probably will hold his spot for a couple of weeks, and he's my preferred downgrade target, but he does cost 220 grand, so I know it's only 20K difference, or maybe a little bit more from some of these other dudes, but every dollar does count at this end of the season. Another mid-bloke, does have forward status as well, you might want to consider, is Dalton Langlands from St Kilda. Got off to a pretty hot start and then slowed down, similar to Hayden McLean from the Swans, who 
did impress by pinch hitting in the ruck against three recognised dockers. So those two dudes could be targets. McLean only a forward status at 207. He managed at uh, 205 rather. Managed an 87, so that was pretty good. You want to save a little bit more money. Langlands is only 189, and hopefully those uh, blokes can hold their spot in the side. Another bloke who I already talked about is Francis Watson. Finally got to make his long-awaited debut thanks to Hearn being a late out. Manager 72, but again, similar to some of the other rookies, rookies uh, that made their debut, he did score in batches, and I think from memory he was at about 60 at halftime or close to that, so he's probably the defensive downgrade target, but I think if any of those or all of those blokes do hold their spot, they're all going to be viable trade targets and hopefully generate us some dough towards the end of the season. Trade out blokes. There aren't many premiums, in inverted commas, that are failing to fire right now, but there are some of these blokes who've dipped a little bit in price and it might be time to jump off the wagon. Similar to the way Angus Brayshaw was a few weeks ago, you might want to consider shipping off Paddy Cripps, who's 620k, so you can turn him into Taylor Adams for the small cost of $1,000. Probably not a move that I'd recommend. If you're going to get these type of guys out, I'd prefer to go up to a big dog, but everyone's team's different. In defense, I've already talked about Shannon Hearn. If he misses again, I think it's wise to trade him out. He has, hasn't really been the same player since this calf and these soft tissue injuries bobbed up. Hopefully, for Hearn's sake and for West Coast's sake, he can be healthy uh, towards the finals. I don't want to see him missing any time, but 591k he costs, so you could turn him into something decent. James Sicily is another bloke, about 50k less than Hearn, and if both of them play, I'd trade Sicily out above Hearn, but yeah, Sicily is, like I said, playing a lot more of that key defensive role, not getting a lot of those rebounding plus sixes and those cheap marks, so he might deserve one more week, but yeah, I can't blame you for trading him out. Similarly with Jack Zebel, only scored 65, uh, 75 rather on the weekend. He has had some huge outings this year, but the yo-yo does swing for uh, Jack Zebel, has a big 130 or 140, then goes back to a 70 or an 80, so... Similar to Tim Taranto, actually, but Taranto's been much more consistent and obviously has a higher ceiling than Zeeble, so I couldn't blame you for trading him out. I think Higgins's presence will really hurt him, but he's probably going to get one more chance for me this week. Does go up, up against West Coast, though, so there's no certainty that he'll uh, be in my lineup for much longer. Well, I've talked about all these mid-price dudes and these dudes with bad form slumps. Moving rookies off your field should really be, still be your priority, but... Depends on what you can get to, I guess. Xavier Dersma and Sydney Stack are two blokes with that defense midfield status that like, you could justify flicking out. Both priced at 520-odd, which, funnily enough, is very similar to uh, near where James Sicily's priced. But they both have high ownerships, and if you can get someone like Whitfield or maybe you want to take a punt on Rory Laird or you can get to a Tom Stewart type, Bashahooli, I think all those dudes are viable trade-in blokes if you're chopping out a rookie. In the midfield, and I guess up forward, the two Carlton blokes in Sam Walsh and Will Setterfield are fine tra trade-out blokes. They've been loyal servants for our teams, but we have to chase the real elite talent at this time of the season. Walshy has had some big games uh, throughout the post-buyer period, but an 89 on the weekend and Setterfield a 72. I think it's almost time to give them their marching orders if you can get to a supreme fantasy player. Waiver wire watch time before I dive into my moves. 
For the second consecutive week, Hunter Clark is the bloke that I recommend you grab off your waiver wire. His ownership has skyrocketed 20% since this time last week and does have a five-round average over 90, so it's not just like he's got one or two good scores. He did have his second consecutive 100, but he's got another couple of decent numbers behind that to justify picking him up. Bailey Fritch is another bloke who has defensive status and bonus midfield, who is owned in about a similar amount of teams as Hunter Clark in the high 20%, but he kicked four goals against West Coast and looked pretty lively. Don't go expecting a big 134 from him every week, but could be a viable target if he's in your spot. If you need some ruck help, stop listening to this and make sure that Toby Nankervis, if Toby Nankervis is still available, he's in 56% of teams, so chances are you're hitting play again and finding out disappointingly that he's been snapped up already, but could still be out there, you never know. Finally, the last bloke I like the looks of is Andrew Brayshaw from the Dockers. Hasn't had a fantastic fantasy season, but if Fifey does miss any more time to end the year, and with, let's be honest, some unreliable names in that Frio engine room, he could give you a little bit of depth, especially in deeper leagues. Coming off 101, only in 14% of teams, he isn't going to really win you a head-to-head matchup each week, but... He might give you the depth across multiple lines that helps you during the finals. My moves this week are looking to get a little bit fancy. In a perfect world, Shannon Hearn will play, which means that I'll be able to move on from James Sicily. I think I've had enough of the sick dog roller coaster. There's been one up, but the rest of it has been down. So, sorry, Sicily, I think it's time for you to go. And it hurts me to say it, but Sydney Stack is probably the other bloke that's getting chopped out this week. Jack Zebel gets one more chance. If he scores anything in double figures, he will be out of my lineup next week. Probably for Sean Higgins. There's a bit of a bit of fun. But I really like the looks of Taylor Adams at the moment, so I might go Stack to Adams. I could also give Sydney Stack one more life and do a downgrade. Like I've mentioned, there's plenty of rookie downgrade targets, and that will give me a lot of money to maybe be able to turn Sydney Stack into... Oh, I couldn't get to Josh Kelly, but I could get pretty close. I could get someone decent, so that's definitely an option. But if Hearn plays, Sicily will go. If Hearn doesn't play, I might honestly chop him and Sicily out. So, again, team selection will uh, pan out my moves. But, yeah, I've got a couple of things to think about. That's going to do it for the round 18 wrap-up. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out the Dream Team Talk Cash Cows piece that I'll pump out tomorrow. I think at this stage of the season, rookies don't have as much importance, but I've simplified the articles so things are a little bit more uh, easy to read and easy to analyze. So make sure you check that out. I'll be back doing more articles and podcasts throughout the week. Thursday, I'll do the team selection one as per usual. And I'm going to start dialing up or amping up my um, NFL fantasy production. They've all, uh, all those teams are back at training camp now. So watch out for that. If you're looking for something to do during the uh, cold AFL winter, then NFL fantasy is something that you can definitely uh, jump aboard. So thanks for tuning in once again. Good luck in round 19 and for the fantasy finals. Until next time, 